Hey podcasters, thanks for joining us today and welcome to At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. This podcast is sponsored by Goodwin Financial Services, our trusted financial advisors who can help you achieve your financial goals. It's good to be back for another episode hosted by interior stylist and award-winning podcaster Lauren Keenan. And in this season, we're introducing you some incredible people doing amazing things in property, homewares and interior design. Now, remember you can follow along on the socials, just search Lauren Keenan Home or check out Lauren's work at laurenkeenan.com.au. I just wanted to mention that I have kicked off a new feature on Instagram. It's called Moodboard Mondays. I'm doing it every second Monday, giving you some inspiration from my real life client projects, showing you how I put together the look for each space. And in this episode of the podcast, we meet with the owner of an Australian homeware success story, selling products all over the world. It amazes me. We, we sell to the Middle East, to, to Qatar and to Doha and we sell into a lot of European countries, Singapore, like the US as well. It's a beautiful, you know, sort of story, the Zakia story. Anyone who's listened to some of the uh, back catalogue we have of our podcast would know that I am a huge fan of Zakia homewares and have been for quite a few years now. I've used them in so many clients' homes and I find that most of their pieces seem to complement just about any interior style. They're just so versatile. You've used them here as well, in our home. I have, in numerous spots actually. I met with Deborah Mott, who's the owner and creative director of Zakia, at an event that she was hosting in late 2018. Yeah, that's right. It it sounded like a pretty cool event. It was a launch event for them, wasn't it? It was cool. So normally when you go to look at new products, you'll go along to a trade fair and there'll be thousands of other people there. But Zakia did a really cool thing. They hired a hotel room at this gorgeous little boutique hotel in Sydney and they decked it out with their products in amongst the other furniture um, that was in the room. And it just really, you know, showed how you can use their products to bring a space to life. And I got chatting with Deb there and thought she was really interesting. And I thought, hey, she'd be a great person to come on the podcast and tell us more about their story. I'm really keen to share this one because Deb didn't start Zakia, but she's breathing new life into the brand, isn't she? Yeah, that's right. She bought it a couple of years ago now and is doing great things with the brand and expanding it. So it's really good to chat to Deb to bring this to you and to get her take on how she's making this business her own and taking it to the next level. Here is Deborah Mott from from Zakia Homewares on At Home with Lauren Keenan. Zakia, the brand, it was founded in 2014 and really just to fill a gap in the market for handcrafted, modern and simplistic homewares. Um, Zakia's aim was really to produce items that were both beautiful and stylish and above all useful. It was founded in 2014, but you became the owner, was it earlier 2018? Yeah, in February. February. So yeah. how did you come to be involved? Well, I came across Zakia. I was really looking for a new venture. I'd I'd recently sold my successful healthcare business. I felt I needed to do a bit more. I wasn't really quite ready for retirement. I really wanted to put energy into my creative side. It's a passion that I've had for years and I now have got time to exercise it. And somehow, like things do, Zakia popped into my life and it was exactly what I was looking for. And here we are. And so how familiar were you with Zakia before, you know, becoming involved in the the process of buying it? I wasn't really that familiar at all with Zakia. I was actually quite surprised that there was a a brand as such on the market. And that's what interested me as well, is that the brand itself had already been created. But then as I looked in further to it, it really did, it excited me. Just the the whole process of what what Zakia is about really excited me. So you said that you've 
always been a creative person before you bought Zakia. How how were you a creative person? What did you do to release your creative spirit? I had quite a creative flair at school. I I loved doing art and I had my my mum and my grandmother were always really very creative with handicraft and sewing and knitting and things like that. I dabbled in quite a few handicraft things from pottery believe it or not and um, to upholstering and I even made a range of dolls at one stage in my life with my husband as well so that was dolls? that was what quite fun dolls? Um, there were little wall sitting dolls so my husband used to do the the wood turning of the heads and I actually um, found a really like nifty way of making their hair really curly so I did all the sewing of their clothes as oh, well wow. yeah so which was quite very hands-on then basically yeah yeah I've, I've done a lot like I've done I have done quite a bit but dabbled in the background so I had quite a successful career as well as having a bit of a, a creative flair as well which yeah. was interesting it's interesting that now I'm able to do a little bit with what I like what, what I love doing actually yeah and so now that you own a successful homewares brand how do you find that juggle between the business side of it and getting to do all the creative side of it which it sounds like you really love I spend a lot of time outside of the business side doing the creative side because I do like it but I also want to find you know like-minded people to actually help with the creative I don't think all the creative is just going to come from me I don't want it to just come from me either I do want it to be something that I do a few collaborations with people and the actual brand itself is exposed to a lot of different areas so how do you find those people to collaborate with what what are you looking for when you're looking for a collaborator I've been lucky enough since February that a lot of people have come to us and I probably do go looking for them but not really thinking that I'm looking for them but it probably in in a roundabout way I am I've, I've just found a, a great guy to do some timber work with that is in Australia that actually manufactures in Australia and that's a dream as well is that I'd really like to collaborate with somebody creatively in Australia mm-hmm. so they really come they've sort of come looking for me as well so it's well, that's a nice yeah. balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things you touched on a moment ago when you were talking about the ethos of the brand is that sort of handmade element. And I think that's one of the things I really love about your products is that beautiful materiality that that the objects have, whether they're concrete, glass, brass. How do you go about maintaining that handmade feeling with your manufacturers when you are producing large quantities of goods? I love that as well. That's what I love about the pieces, that they're all just an individual item. It's not really that hard to do that with the makers because that's what they know. They only know the organic, the natural feel of product. That's what they use. Even the tools that they use, that the handmade tools that they have are all handmade as well. So they, it, so that, that side of it is, is quite easy. It's easy to actually work with them mm-hmm. and to be able to come up with products that are handmade and to keep that organic style of product going. And I think consumers are more and more appreciating those individual little quirks of products now that are handmade. Um, do, do you find that as well, that they're not always exactly the same as the one next to it? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of exposure to it. I think it still needs to be explained a lot. I, When I'm in the countries that I work with, I have to remind them that a lot of the product isn't appreciated as much as it should be and I think the more that we talk about the way that products are an individual people do expect things to be the same we try and keep as much as we can in the shape and the form and and, and everything to the product so that people do have 
what they perceive as a set Mm -hmm. but each item is an individual and it should be loved that way as well Well, that's the beauty of it isn't it that's what makes it yours and it's it's unique then that finish is a little bit different from the next one yeah and there's so many hands that it's passed through it's incredible to see it's incredible to see when you're up in in the countries that they're working I think people do have a bit of a misconception that you know, oh, they can't be all, it can't all be handmade, but it is all handmade. Like I said, even the tools that they use are handmade tools. Wow. The moulds are handmade. Everything is, is, is done handmade. Because I think there is a misconception when products are perhaps made overseas that it's made in some massive big factory and that there's little human touch to the product and mm. that's not the case. No, exactly. not the case at all. It's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff and it is, it's it's passed from hand to hand to hand to actually create the, the beautiful pieces that they are. And do you spend a lot of time over there at the factories sort of quality controlling and just making sure that things are going smoothly? Yeah, I spend time up in, I like to actually go when, we're, when we are developing something, mm-hmm. I like to go, it's a lot easier to actually spend the time with them face to face. That's what they're used to, that's what they're used to dealing with. If if I can explain the sketches that I do, if I can explain things, we get things done a lot faster. And it's it's nice to be able to spend that time with them. It's rewarding, absolutely rewarding. Yeah. And they, and we get it right sort of first time as well when that explanation is, is there. That, and that's how they work. That's how they like to work. So just on that idea of working with the factories on new products, what's that process like from you've got the first seed of it through to it's on the website it's ready to be sold it's a lot of going backwards and forwards like I said if I can get up to Vietnam and work with them it's a much easier process from the type like we I'll do a sketch of something or I'll, I'll change maybe a product or change a color or a texture then they'll go through the process of actually manufacturing that if they have to make a mold they'll start with a mold if they don't then they'll like they'll sometimes hand throw things as well which is beautiful oh, wow. like when they do the hand throwing they can they can actually get something the weight and everything they can get really quite perfect so that's really interesting to actually see so what sort of products would they hand throw they'll hand throw the bowls like a lot of times when we're just doing that before they actually make a mold they'll actually hand throw the bowl so they'll do that from the sketch and then they'll make the mold after that but the hand thrown ones are equally as beautiful and as perfect that you know they they can get those just as perfect as well and is there ever sort of a, a happy accident where you're sort of thinking a product is going to be one thing and then you get there and you start experimenting with them and it turns out a bit different but it's kind of perfect in its own way. I think just the nature of what people's expectations are that if it's an accident like that they can't really probably reproduce it. The accidents that happen are sometimes a little bit sad. We've had one we had one just recently actually with um, a design that we're actually trying to produce but the end product wasn't really going to cut it. But they've they've fixed that now and they've actually reproduced the like they've actually produced the bowl that we want the way that we want it. Sort of ended up like a little bit of a pancake but we were asking for for quite a different sort of shape so that's something that's coming up which will be beautiful exciting okay we've got a bit more from deborah soon plus lauren will give you the scoop on a new hotel in brisbane in queensland that you just have to put on your bucket list but first it's important to manage your money properly so that you can invest in your home or your next property project and sometimes it helps to get a little advice from the experts we've been working with goodwin financial services in sydney for a few years now and they've helped us to plan for our financial future and they can help you too with 
things like budgeting, making the most of your super, choosing the right investment strategy and protecting you and your family. It's so important and if you're looking for someone to help you achieve your financial goals, we can recommend Goodwin Financial Services. Go to gfs.com.au and ask to speak with Luke Mansell. Luke's a great bloke and GFS is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Please note, this information isn't financial advice and is general in nature. Consider your own financial situation before making any decisions based on this information. If you're new to At Home with Lauren Keenan, welcome. We're so glad to have you here listening. And make sure to check out our back catalogue of the show. We've got a bunch of interviews with interesting people like mid-century modern buff Tim Rosso-Ross, plus our recent series on renovating for profit. Yeah, that was good fun putting it together, wasn't it? It was great fun because we got to reflect on our own experience. We had 12 episodes including our top tips if you're taking on a project of your own soon. Plus, we spoke to a few experts who could help with some specialist advice like builders, real estate agents, and our mate mortgage broker, Stephen Lem, who had some good advice about just how hard it is to get a loan and what you've got to do to get one these days. Lenders are now literally starting to ask for your last two months credit card statements and your last two months savings history. What they're looking for is um, undisclosed debts is the first one. That's the biggest one, but secondly, they're looking at, you're right, line by line, they're going through and saying, well, you spent 165 on maybe your strata or 190 or $200 on, on your council rates. And then, for example, things like dining out at Etc. Etc. Because they've got to make sure, because APRA's put a lot of pressure on them to make sure we can afford what we borrow and don't overextend ourselves. So check out our episodes on renovating for profit after we finish talking to Deborah Mott from Zakia Homewares. I know as a stylist, I use your products in lots of different applications. They work in coastal homes, they work in more Hampton style homes, they even work in things like a modern country kind of look, as well as, of course, Scandinavian. Do you keep that versatility in mind when you're marketing the products and designing the products? Yeah, I do. I, I want to make um, our products to fit any interior. They're all simple lines and they're beautiful and natural materials and they blend perfectly with all interiors. So, so many, many designers just love Zakia products and they're used in so many, like many designs. It's it's really rewarding and our makers love it, love it. They love it so much when when I show them a magazine oh. and <laughs> the, the actual photos of where their products end up and it, it is it's it's really quite um it, they just can't saying oh that's beautiful beautiful and they're it's so like they're such humble like gorgeous people they don't actually realize that they've created the beauty yeah more so like, that they've contributed to it they think that we've done it all so it's but no i just want the products to be I do want Zakia products to to be versatile and they are versatile I think they the exposure are. hasn't probably been there's probably more exposure now to different areas of interior design where the products can be used. I think when you get, um, you know, a magazine stylist who does have um, that creativity to see them in a different light and use them in a different application, you know, people at home can realise, oh, well, my house is a bit like that and that looks great in that magazine, so I'm going to use it in the same way. Well, that's what I'm trying to do at the moment as well. In our last photo shoot, we introduced a different interior to expose the product to so gradually because I I know personally that the products will fit in a lot of different areas as well but it's getting people's you know minds around that and people using it you know in using products in different ways as well it's the same as you know like our products being used for different 
reasons than what, you know, we'll, we'll always get asked, oh, what do you use yeah, that for? Yeah, <laughs> I'm interested in this because I attended your media launch a couple of weeks ago, which yeah. is how we got onto the topic of doing this podcast. And yeah, you had some products around this styled hotel room where you were holding it, Yeah, using them in a completely different way to, to probably how most people would think you could use them. Can you give us some examples of what, you know, what sort of things, how you can you know, get around using them in different ways? Yeah, well, we have a lot of, um, on our, we've got a podium pot that is a really good example. We actually had um, somebody send in an email to us asking us if we could, you know, the next time, can we please put some holes in the bottom of the podium pot? Because, <laughs> and I ended up sending them back an email saying, you know, they're, they're not just used as pots for plants. People use those podium pots in the kitchen for wooden spoons for so many different things we used at the hotel that we were talking about we had um, one of our other pots used for towels beside a beside That's the bath right. and yeah. it just looked fabulous like so there's not you know there's uh, to add um, the new design of plates they can be used as trays rather than plates or they can be used as plates rather than trays whichever way people want to look at it and so. I guess it's having the foresight to think about those little design details like you're talking about the whole in the bottom of the pot to, to make sure that you have those different uses covered off um, as part of the manufacturing process. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, but it's just a matter of thinking outside of the square sometimes of, of what there is. We had, um, what were other things? Oh, there was, we've got these beautiful little plating spoons that um, somebody came up with with the idea that those should be used for canapes, which would be really beautiful because usually the typical thing is that canapes are on white ceramic yeah yeah, which is the chinese sort of spoon whereas our plating spoons would just be gorgeous for for you know canapes as well so and that came out of that hotel room as well that somebody suggested so it's you know lots of good ideas ideas that yeah yeah Yeah. so it's, it's mainly exposing the product and letting people letting people have their flair with it as well. Now you've got some exciting new products. What's different about these new products? The well we redesigned all of the speckle dinnerware set. Well what I what I did was try to make sort of a bit more sense of the actual products that were in some of the ranges. That's what I spent a lot of time doing. So we've completed a an entire dinner set in the speckle range which is absolutely the mo- it's it's gorgeous. It really is beautiful and should be and is that because before there were just there were some plates and bowls, but it probably didn't feel like a cohesive Ex- set? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it was. It was more there was pieces, but there wasn't a complete set yeah. and that's what um, now there's a complete set you could set a table with yeah. the whole lot and have so, it all look really and have it yeah and you can either mix and match those because the three the three different colors in the speckle just look absolutely magnificent together or if it was you know if somebody wants it uniform they can have it uniform yeah. as well and what about the seashell products because you know I know you had a couple of those um, little pieces on display at the media launch and they were just beautiful so if people um, haven't seen any of that just yet on your social media or website. What can you tell us about that look, those products? They're just gorgeous and I think um, people have to see those. Like the product always is very tactile and I think it's you know it's really important that people actually get into a, a Zakia outlet and have a look at the product as well. But the seashell is actual actual real 100% seashell in in the um, terrazzo which is it just looks stunning it's absolutely beautiful yeah, I think it's going to be really popular because it's got those really natural kind of tones through it that are really popular at the mm. moment 
and under the lights, the the seashell, like the bits of the seashell, just shine out so Shimmer. beautifully. It's just yeah. gorgeous. Absolutely, it is really, really beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. I know you've got a a really large online store, but as you mentioned, there are um, other retailers that sell your products as well. Is that a conscious decision so that consumers can actually go and, like you said, feel the the tactile nature of the products? Yeah, I think that it's always going to be so important. I kind of sometimes relate it to choosing a puppy. They're all so different. So Mm -hmm. you want to actually go and choose your pieces as well. Yeah. Um, Our online business is probably the smallest side part of our business, to tell you the truth. The business to business is the the bigger side. Yeah. People that appreciate the product really do need to go and choose their pieces. And they will. They'll line them up and decide, no, I don't want that one. Oh, no, no. And then they take them all because they can't put one of them back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And are are you selling overseas or is it purely Australia? Like apart from your online store, are you in retail outlets overseas or? Yeah, we're we're global. Like Zakia is a global business. Yeah, we we have um, we actually have warehousing over in Europe as well. Wow. So we sell to. It amazes me. We we sell to to the Middle East, to to Qatar and to Doha, and we sell into a lot of European countries. Singapore, like it, it is, it's it, into the US as well. Because so. I noticed when I did a Instagram search for the hashtag Zakia Homewares, um, yeah, people were posting from here, there, and everywhere. So yeah, the reach has really gone gone around the globe, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's a it's it, it's a it's a beautiful you know sort of story, the Zakia story. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. And where where do you see the brand going next then? Well, it's keeping the designs coming and yeah. keeping the brand on track. Yeah. I do, you know, I do want to make sure that the the Zakia brand itself is kept on track. Yeah. I want to work with um like I said before, I just want to work with a lot of designers and come up with with ideas for all sorts of household, like all yeah. sorts of household. So sort of covering off lots of different rooms and yeah, different uses. Yeah, lo- lots of you know, and I also want Zakia pieces. They are like in my eyes, they're they're heirlooms, and I want to keep designing products that people are going to actually hand down for generations, mm. and that that they want to love them and use them as well as much as the person that bought them. Yeah. And we're not stopping at homewares either, so oh, there will be anything you can divulge there. Or is it top uh, secret? No, we're 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 sort of dabbling in a few things at the moment to come up with um with something that complements the the Zakia home wear brand as well so what we've got at the moment fantastic do you have a personal favorite piece from the collection or does it change all the time Oh, there's there's so many of them, but the speckle the the speckle range everything in the speckle range is is just, to me that's just absolutely beautiful. Just the 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 clever, like the clever process that it goes through. It's rea- it's called reactive glazing, mm-hmm. and, and that's really quite difficult to produce consistency across the range, isn't it? With that process, yeah, it depends on the reaction. In the it, literally, the word is reactive glaze, and it does actually depend on how everything reacts in the kiln as well so you can um the color the 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 speckle on it everything is is really different and it's really interesting as well it's a really really interesting process Mm -hmm. and the pieces are just gorgeous the the people that we work with they will only do 
dinnerware that's what their signature yeah. is and yeah. that's what they like to produce so, so if you ask them to will do have their own special specialty basically is that what you mean this particular place that we deal with they honestly only want to do dinnerware that's it yeah. that's their specialty just that, get really good at doing that yeah, yeah yeah and that's it and like like you're saying yeah some of them some of them would do whatever you ask them but they're all very good at doing you know their specific yeah their specific area of expertise yeah i've got quite a few of your pieces at home and there's one in particular i always get compliments on it's the the dala horse um mm-hmm. in black and i move it around the house like every couple of months i'm like oh no he can move over there and people always notice it it's at my front um entryway at the moment and i've had a, quite a few people coming in and out lately over the festive period and they're like oh this is cute yeah so i think it is true you know they're, they're kind of timeless pieces that you can use in lots of different spaces of the home. There's an, another favourite of mine. Uh, there's some mirror hooks, mm-hmm. Zakia mirror hooks. Yeah. And I just don't, you know, they just haven't had enough exposure because they are absolutely beautiful, beautiful hooks. So how do you, how are you going to get them more exposure? Probably the biggest thing is that there isn't really anywhere to go at the moment to see the entire Zakia range other than online. And sometimes that can be lost in, you know, the photography or things like that. We try and do the best photography. I think we've got really beautiful photography oh, yeah, and very yeah, look, talented. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. But you can still, you know, it's still that same thing that people need to actually, you know, see something to, to really appreciate its beauty. Yeah. So, Deb, it's been really great speaking with you today. Just to finish off... What is it that you really want Zakia to be known for? I really want people to know Zakia from its form and its quality and not necessarily from a Zakia stamp on the product. Yeah, because, you know, they are beautiful, simple, clean lines and, and really timeless pieces. There's probably really no need to, to stick a name on the front, is there? No, that's right. And it's just really the profiles that we've got for products. That's that's what I want the, the brand to be known yeah. for. I want people to see it and go, oh, that's a... That, that definitely is it's a Zakia. Zakia. And yeah. I think now with your collection, you really can see that. I know in the past there have been a couple of products that have had the sort of the logo imprinted on mm. them, haven't there? But you sort of have moved away a bit from that that look and feel. Yeah, I have. I think, I mean, it'll always be be stamped on the bottom of the, the yeah, product of somewhere, but I don't, I don't particularly want it advertise I think it takes away from the beauty of the product when it's when it's put on the outside of it yeah and they are very beautiful products thank you for speaking with us today thank you Lauren thanks for having me isn't it interesting how we value the things we own so much more once we know how and where they've been made yeah and the love and time that goes into creating them like a lot of Deborah's products and from her makers. Yeah, because I think a lot of people assume that these things are made on machines or it's in a factory and to know that someone's had their hands on it to craft this piece for you is really special. And on that point, Zakia never really fails to disappoint. It was, no, it doesn't, does it? It was good to hear Deb's enthusiasm for her brand coming through in your chat. Really quite infectious, no doubt. Yeah, look, she's doing great things with the brand and I can't wait to see where she takes it next. All right, now this show is your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. And today I think we've just got to talk about this amazing new hotel in Brisbane that has to go on your list for the next time you visit Brizzy. Now, uh, you want to talk about the Calisle Hotel. Tell us a bit about it. Oh, the Calisle. Right, well, I was in Brisbane um, a couple of months back and I wasn't unfortunately staying at the Calisle on that date, but I did have a good opportunity to have a a nosy around the whole complex. Very good. Um, so the Calisle is this amazing, um, it's not a huge hotel, it's a little bit more boutique It's in uh, Fortitude Valley, New Farm area. So on the edge of the city? It is, yep. Yeah. Um, it just has such a relaxing vibe. It's kind of like... What does it look like? 
Well, it's like a sandy colored concrete, right? And so you might think that's just like another concrete building, but they've used breeze blocks. They've created these little lovely little nooks. Um, It has a very California slash Mexico slash Bali kind of look. And it's just, I felt it was a really welcome change to some other hotels that um, you see in big cities that have really dark rooms. Um, They try and, you know, black out any natural light. Yep. The color was the complete opposite of that. Super Pouring sexy in. use of like natural kind of colors and pale blues and pinks and greens. And it just felt so different from anything that I've seen before. Nice and light and breezy. It sounds like you're coining a new term there, Californian Mexican <laughs> barley. Is that like... Doesn't Cal- really have much of a ring to it, does it? Cali Mexicali? <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take that. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so we are actually going up there again in a few weeks' time and we're going to be lucky enough to stay there this time, so I can't wait to be a guest at the hotel too. Yeah, it should be great. We actually won uh, a couple of nights' accommodation there at a fundraiser for the Westpac Rescue Helicopter Service in a silent auction, so ticks on two counts. Yeah, a charitable charity. contribution, <laughs> yep, and also getting to go to a, a really great hotel. And it's on a great street too. There's heaps of other sort of boutique shops there and cafes and restaurants. So it's going to be great to have an explorer around there for a few days. And Brisbane isn't high on people's you know, list of must-do places. I suppose if you're listening to this show from overseas, you think of places like Sydney and Melbourne. But Brisbane seems to really have it happening. They've obviously got a great... It's having um, a little renaissance, I think. It's yeah, they've some... got a great climate there, obviously. It's pretty fantastic to visit all year round. And if you're there in autumn and winter, it's it's like those spring and summer months in the southern oh, states. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> and one from me, the QT Hotel in Perth. This is brand new. Uh, I stayed there a couple of uh, weeks ago and it was fantastic. It's not a big hotel, so you get great service. Moody, dark interiors with a, a sort of brutalist style concrete exterior. It actually blends it's in really- It's kind of underrated, the brutalist style, I think. Uh, it looks fantastic. It blends in really nicely with the um, existing streetscape there. It's kind of unassuming from the outside. And when you go inside, it's incredible. And to top it off, a rooftop bar, which gives you uh, more than one 80 degree views of the Perth city skyline and I'm told there aren't actually many places in Perth to see stuff like that. Sounds amazing. And the Italian restaurant in the hotel is off the chart. It's called Santini Grill and you have to book if you're going to go make sure you book Santini Grill at the QT Hotel in Perth. Geez, do you think um, Tourism Australia might be able to like be our next sponsor and send us all around Australia staying in some of these cool hotels? Hey, I wouldn't say no. Let's hit them up. Coming up on the next episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, we talk to one of Australia's coolest builders, Marshall Keane from Channel 9's TV series Buying Blind. It was a really hard few months. Mm-hmm. It was also a very enjoyable few months, but there was no smoke and mirrors. It was, it was full on. Yeah. You had to be positive because our backs are up against the wall a lot of the time with time restraints, but also being being a builder, knowing that the work had to be done properly, there was pressure, you know, that I was feeling that it had to be done right. Marshall's one of the industry's nice guys and we really can't wait to bring you that whole interview soon. And don't forget, you can contact Lauren anytime if you want to collaborate on a product or a project, if you've got an idea for the podcast, or if you'd like to hire Lauren to help you create the perfect home or amazing spaces in your workplace. You can check out her work now at 
Lauren Keenan Home on Instagram or just go to the website laurenkeenan.com.au. Have a bit of a look around and then when you need to, drop her an email, lauren at laurenkeenan.com.au. And that's the show. Thanks to Goodwin Financial Services, our trusted financial advisors who can help you achieve your financial goals. If you like what you hear, please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. And also a shout out to Vass from Sydney who left us a review about the podcast, Mm -hmm. saying that they've learned heaps about interior decoration and design, which has saved them money and helped their home look amazing. The two key things that... That's what we want. That's what we want. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, cheers for that, Vass. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon on another episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. 